Hiya, pal. Got an idea. All right, mate, go on. I think we need to evolve the podcast. All right, what you got in mind? Well, why don't we just start recording all the chats we have when we're talking about leadership? Okay, what are we going to call it? Sense makers. Sense makers. Love it. And have we got a backer? Of course we have. Tsunami Sport. Quality. When are we starting? Now, get this end round and I'll put kettle on. Top man, I'll be round in five. Nikolai Carino is a passionate educator, entrepreneur and mother of two girls. She has been in the education sector for 13 years and has been exposed to both local and international communities in the Philippines, both as a student, teacher and administrator. Nikolai graduated as a master in learning and teaching and recently went back to her hometown of Baguio and became the principal of a Filipino Chinese school, leading 40 teachers and staff and 600 students. Nikolai, welcome to the show. Great to see you. Hi. Hi. Thank you. And yeah, thanks for having me, Lewis and Alan. Great to see you again. It's been a little, little bit of a while since we connected. How are you doing? Doing good. Been busy, but still here. So all good. And you just finished your first, her- first term, first term um, as a head teacher, which I, I can imagine is as... Uh, as crazy as it sounds. Tell us a little bit about your experiences. How's it gone? Yes, it has been crazy. Um, Everything's been, well, ups and downs, of course. So I entered as, you know, this person outside of of Baguio, because all these, we have the locals, of course, in this school. Um, And I came in, of course, we have older older teachers, um, new teachers, all those things, um, new policies. So um, I think it was a struggle at first, um, mainly because it's something new. I think in all aspects, something new is definitely a struggle. Um, but coming from from a certain school and then going into or diving into um, this particular school has been more challenging because of, let's say, the culture, um, the policies and um, just everyone's habit so be it for students uh for teachers so and of course the board members so we have that (laughs) um but overall um i think as um well months passed by everything went well um i got to know the teachers i got to know the students um still adjusting here and there of course it hasn't been a year um but everything is i think according to plan so far Uh well done Good effort. The uh, the vibe and the culture, I imagine, in Baguio up in the north of the Philippines is very different to Manila. Tell us a little bit about that. I imagine that was a culture shock in itself, wasn't it? <laughs> well, for one, the weather. <laughs> weather. Um, so it's uh, cooler here in Baguio. Um, and it's more relaxed. So I noticed that it's very relaxed here. Um, time is very slow, apparently. Um, and then another thing would be the traffic. So way lesser traffic you can just walk um to and from everywhere um it's just what 10 to 15 walk from let's say from my place to to the town proper which is the city proper um but yeah so those are i think the only few um changes or or differences from 
Manila and Baguio. You know, um, I think the quality is still there, like the in, in terms of education. Um, it's just more of the feel <laughs> or um, how how people see things. Like, for example, in Manila, it's very rushed. It's very, um, you know, you have to get to point A and point B. And I get that because like probably of the traffic, you know, um, all the transportation, whereas here it's more calm. There. And do you find that that transfers over to to getting things done as well? You know, you've moved from an international school in Manila um, where we met and worked together closely. Um, and then you've put your skills and all the resources you've learned there into leading a school in a very, very different context. Do you find that yeah. that sort of cadence of a day-to-day -day basis and, and getting jobs done is a little bit different? Yeah, um, in terms of getting the job done, I don't think um, it was there were any changes so um you know i got used to this certain things that i do um having this whole timetable having my whole schedule um and then having that here and putting that here i think it's more of a of an advantage from my end because like you know i get to do things earlier i get to do to get things done like right away um even, i even have extra time um, but when it comes to the habit, um, I think what I've learned from my previous schools and then um, incorporating it here or using it here um, is definitely like a, a plus for what I'm doing now. So definitely move the right way. A move from uh, Manila to Baguio <laughs> is a bit easier to manage than a, a move from Baguio to Manila by the sounds of it. Um, today we so. about creative leadership and obviously Alan and I know that this is a huge strength of yours from from working with you at BSM and the ways that you sort of navigated and reinvented a lot of the administrative and operational systems that we worked through in PM Sport and and in the wider ECA program as well um, towards the end of your tenure there. Um, tell yeah. us a little bit about your creativity. I know you're an incredibly creative person. How does that support <laughs> and help your leadership? Um, for one, um, I would say it's a huge help because mainly, um, right now I'm in this school who doesn't have like a lot of budget compared to where I came from, where we, where we used to, um, to work. Uh, so I had to use that creativity to, you know, build something out of it. I think one of the examples would be, um, like getting speakers. Um, of course we have, we have, um, friends from the education sector, you know, from the different sectors that can help with, with um, the operations and the education side of things in school, right? So, you know, talking to them, building that relationship and um, requesting them to, to speak. And then for these speakers to giving it pro bono, that's one of the um, things that um, we were able to use um, in terms of the creativity, like, you know, gathering these relationships. Um, Another one would be, let's say, um, in sports. So, of course, um, this is like one of the majors that I that I um, use or that that um, I what, what do you call this that I um, what we had in in the previous school. So, putting that here with no budget at all, with like no budget for for a sports kit, no budget for like tournament fees and all those things. We had to get creative. <laughs> we definitely had to get creative. So um, what we uh, what I did was like do X deals, and then of course talk to the parents 
Um, I also talked to the board saying, you know, that sports, it's not just playing. It's not just, you know, it's not just a, it's not just a hobby. It is more of like building the discipline of the kids, you know, building their character. Um, with, with sports, these kids tend to um, focus on more things, not just sports, because of course they still need to focus on other extracurricular activities, other, their, their academics, you know? So with that, uh, an example of being creative in that one is, you know, doing X deals. So um, with, with, uh, with the board members, talking to the board members and asking them, they have businesses, right? Um, they have their businesses. Um, and in that Filipino Chinese community, you know that um, they have like different um, businesses, such as hotels, restaurants. So talking to them and explaining to them how this works, that it's not just a sport and you know, building that to them and then eventually like we um, doing that X deal saying, um, you know, we can even have your logo in our jerseys, stuff like that. So it's marketing for them, but then we get all we get something out of it. So that's one of the things that we had to do for this sports. I'm presuming X deals means some sort of exchange deal. Is that right? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not quite millennial enough to know that, that, <laughs> that phrase right at the top of my head. I'm on the right lines, Nikolai. Yes, that's right. Basically, that X that X deal mm. is more on. Um, so this company sponsoring our kids, and then on behalf of that, like we we market it for them. So we wear it. We wear their the the our kit with their logos, and then that's when we join tournaments, and you know it's seen. So yeah. it's sort of uh, it's like an advertisement for them. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> it, it, it takes me back. I think we've had previous guests that have talked about it. In education, we're always selling something. Mm. And it's clear <laughs> there that it's more than just the classroom. It's more than the timetable. Yes. What you're talking about there is is being a salesperson. And I know yep. I know before you joined us at BSM, you had previous careers as well outside education. Tell us a bit about yes. how that really has influenced your your sales <laughs> and being able to be creative. Because that's what it is, isn't it? We're all selling something. Yes. Yeah. So um, just a, a background, I think. Um, so the reason why I went to these um, different sectors other than education was when I was teaching for about one to five years, um, I wanted to do something more. Um, I wanted to know if there's more than just education. So I went to understand um, like startups. I went to understand the corporate world um, and how I can use that um, learning in education. So I think that was like a plus um, with, 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 with our, our situation now. So, you know, um, going to these, these uh, companies or startups, I was able to understand marketing. I was able to understand, like what you said, the sales part of it. Um, yes, it's still part of education, but then you get to get more of it. <laughs> you get to get more of, of just um, learning things of just um, curricular or extracurricular um, activities. It's also like building that relationship. When you build that relationship, um, I mean, we get to do favors too. Um, we get to to um, learn each other's, let's say, uh, businesses. We, we get to learn each other's um, strengths and then from there you know we build something out of it it's not necessarily like um asking for favors all the time but it's more of like um 
community building, the community building. Um, with this one, with, with the previous example, uh, which was like um, getting getting their logo in our jerseys. Um, it was more of, because uh, it's it, it's within the Filipino Chinese community. So I learned that, you know, it's a, it's a big community here in Baguio, right? Um, and when you get to, to partner with them, you get to partner with the entire community too. So which is a huge help um, in terms of like, connections in terms of relationships because by then like um i found out that one of the one of one of their uh friends from this community is an uh, is an alumna so you know then we get to build that one from there and that's where like you know our resourcefulness and creativity comes wherein okay let's do this one because another part of that is um getting when, when we get this um alumni um we're still starting, we're still building that um, on that one. We don't have like this solid um, alumni department yet, but we want to build on that one because we want to eventually have our own like houses. So this this school that I am with right now um, doesn't have, or isn't really strong in extracurricular yet. But with, you know, all these um, ideas, resourceful, resourcefulness um, that um, I've learned previously from from our old school from you know my previous experiences not just as a teacher um yeah so it's more on creating that part so I want to build like this this um house groups too uh wherein it's not they see that it's not just sports it's not just um arts it's not just um you know um the academic part of it it's like the holistic being of yeah. of the kid um at the end of the day i think we want our graduates to step outside and for them to be ready not just academically but you know for the whole for their whole being yeah you've, you've touched upon that word there resourcefulness and having lived in the philippines for eight years i can honestly <laughs> i can honestly say that it's i'm blown away by the resourcefulness of the people and the general public and incredible how so little in terms of uh, materials can we then recycle, manufactured, and suddenly you've got homes made from basically nothing. Mm. And, yeah. and the way businesses are built from the ground up and the little sari-sari stores, incredible resourcefulness <laughs> of the Filipino people. And, and I love that. And it comes back to, for me, where your family situation, if I wait, I know your mum was a single mum growing up with five children. I reckon that's where you, where you built a lot of your resourcefulness and creativity was probably there. Tell us a bit about how, how amazing your mum was. Oh, my goodness. My mom is just, if not superwoman, then just she's the woman. <laughs> um, she is amazing. So she's also an educator. So that's for one. I think that's where I got um, into education. Um, tell you what, um, this may sound um, <laughs> not really uh, shallow, but... When I was in high school, um, I used to help her check papers. And the sound of the check mark, you know, when you check papers, <laughs> that's what um, I liked it. So I liked the checking part. I liked reading. I liked the, you know, reading the essays of these kids and who are like, who are also um, like my batch or, or lower, lower batch than I was. So, you know, um, reading those and just, you know, getting more ideas from them 
and and the sound of the checking check mark um that's where it started um and then when i went to um education then of course i fell in love with it but going back to my mom um i think she just did everything um for us to she didn't try hard that's the thing she didn't try very hard to to be the best mom um it was just her pro- making sure that she provided for us um when it when it comes to education when it comes to food when it comes to shelter we didn't have much then um but you know um i think the fact that we see or we saw how she was then um just pushing and and taking jobs here and there so again she was an educator but it wasn't just that um she volunteers to do the timetables of the teachers and that's a lot doing it now <laughs> it's it's crazy it's just oh my gosh i forgot this one but then yeah so you know it's amazing how i was able to see that um i was able to witness that um uh but yeah so basically she didn't try much to be the best mom but because of that i think she is she like you know um she has five kids uh who's all like doing well and work uh for work right now all graduated in good schools so that's that's something yeah and it, and it sounds like what you're trying to build just from the, the the comments that you've made so far really resonate with those filipino values of sort of resourcefulness resilience yeah. community and family you know, we know from our time in the Philippines, there's nothing more important in terms of support, um, physically support, emotionally support, financially than looking after your family. Um, yeah. How how do you do that on a scale of 600 plus students? And I think it's <laughs> 60 staff, you know, you're in your first year, yeah. obviously this is going to be a journey, but there's yeah. obviously an intention to some of the things that you're thinking about and that you're doing so far. Tell us a little bit about the journey you want to go on and, and the foundations that you've laid? Okay, well, first of all, um, I came in, again, as as someone who's, like, new to everything, right? Um, and I bet, like, because some of, well, most of the teachers there are older than I am, right? Um, so it was sort of, it was a bit intimidating at first, but then, like, I had to always go back to my why. I had to go back to why am I doing this? Um, and then, you know, I, I tell myself, you know, my intentions are pure. My intentions are basically about, you know, these kids' um, education, their their whole journey in elementary and high school and stepping out of school and just leaving that legacy, right? Um, but what I did to, you know, to, to use like, creativity and, and resourcefulness and all that and all this and starting this journey was that I honestly talked to the teachers one by one. So I have 40 staff, uh, teachers and staff. Um, I talked to them personally. Um, basically, uh, I had coffee dates with them one on one. So I wanted to make sure that I, I got to know them um, personally and professionally. Um, I think that way, we'll be able to help each other, right? Um, I'll be able to know their strengths and then also, of course, their weaknesses. And then we build from that one. So Nicola, getting how to- did that, How did that coffee date look? Do you mind me just digging into that a bit more? Did you have a script? Did you 
How, how did you do that? Because it's okay. something that really interests us, doesn't it, when developing relationships? Yeah. yeah. Um, so it there's no script. Of course, I had my usual, um, how are you and how are you doing? But uh, no script. Um, so it depends. It, well, actually, yeah, it, it depended where I was because I have two campuses. So it was either in school or outside, but it was a coffee date. So I treat them coffee. And then I tell them, I, I start by saying, you know, um, I hope you don't think of this as, as like an interview or like, you know, just watching you or anything like that. It was more friendly. Um, I started by introducing myself and telling some personal things about myself yeah, because like by that. then, yes, by then they will, um, they will open up too, right? Um, when they see that I, my intentions, when they see who I am, um, I think it all escalates from there. It all builds from there. Um, but yeah, so some of the questions I think that um, that I asked them was, you know, how long have they been there? Um, what made them go into education? Um, and then how, uh, like, where do they see themselves after a number of years? And then, of course, I also tapped into their families. So um, do you have any kids? Do you have, do you have, um, do you have a partner? Um, and then tell me more about your relationship with them. Because that way, I'll be able to sort of like look into their love language. And um, <laughs> I that. right. Because like, I think my approach for them is more personal than anything. Um, because I want to get to know them in a way that um, I'll be able to understand. I think one thing um, that I learned from my previous school and was also from you guys wherein you got to know me, you got to know my family um, and you got to know like how I work. Um, so it was something that was important for me. It was something that made me realize, okay, this is not just about work. It's about our relationship. It was about the relationship of, of like how we, how, 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 how we are going to work as a team. So I got that from you guys. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, yeah, I'm I'm glad there was a takeaway from the many conversations <laughs> that we had. No, no, sincerely, that's really lovely, Nikolai. I'm I'm wondering what what was the response of those members of staff that you had those one on ones with? Forty members of staff to have a one on one with is a huge investment of time. Yeah. Um, we know to to you that relationships are huge, and we could talk on every podcast the right. whole way through about relationships, couldn't we? But but tell us a little bit about the um the response that you got from from staff for doing that. Yeah, so the responses were different. So at first, of course, it was, um, they were sort of, they weren't open at first. Um, so it took a while. Um, it wasn't just actually just one coffee date. I have another, um, like a few more coffee dates with them. It's not exactly like we, I buy them coffee, not necessarily <laughs> like that, but because <laughs> that would mean I'll be broke. <laughs> Let's just clarify, we're sharing the coffee by duty. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, you know, I'm also like checking in with them. But um, their initial responses were, um, it's, it, I, from my take, um, it was something new to them. Um, it's, it's something that, um, that they weren't doing before, like, you know, checking in, all that. So they weren't um, used to having their boss. Spending some time with them, finding out about them as a person and what made them tick. They were just an employee 
with no real access to the to the management. Is that right? Um, I wouldn't say it as that, but from my take, because of their reaction, because of like how they how they responded, um, that's what I observed from that yeah. from them. That's but, um, yeah. You're allowed to say Alan's been a bit harsh with his very. Alan's been a bit harsh with his incredibly leading question. <laughs> no, but um, but yeah, but some were actually open to it. Some were like very excited to to share a thing or two. Some were very excited to to get to know me too, and that was really nice. That was encouraging. Um, and of course, like being new, I needed that. Um, I I sort of like realized, okay, so I'm I'm in the right um path. I'm I think I'm I think what I'm doing is is something good, is something um that may help our community, our relationships. So yeah. What, what do you think the impact of that has been then, Nikolai, from doing that? What's been is it been a positive? Has it is there anything come from that that then has has led on you thought, oh, that's because of a result of me getting to know them. <laughs> Um, I think it's positive, um, positive because, um, they get to know me, number one, um, they get to know like what I, what I'm doing here. <laughs> like they, they're probably thinking, of course, like who is this new person who is also young doing in, in the administration, right? So they must be thinking that, but, um, I think it was more of a positive thing that happened um, mainly because um, when I, I when I got to know them, I got to understand how they are, how they work, and with that, um, there's always a follow through. So I actually have like another set of coffee dates starting um, mid Feb. Um, that that's gonna be after examination. So just to make sure not to disturb them with with um, exam questions and and checking of exams. But I think it's all positive. And that's a wonderful phrase you, you sort of you you left that that comment with, which is you want to know how they are and how they work. Yeah. It reminds me of a, a TED talk I had on just before we came on, actually, um, by a guy called David Kelly, who talks about creative confidence. And in it, and he shares a story about a guy called Doug Dites. And Doug Dites or Dietz, not sure how you pronounce it. Let's say Dites. <laughs> Doug Dites was into medical imagery. Um, and, he, and he was an inventor that helped to create MRI machines. And he could do that from a distance and think that he was changing the world um, and that this was helping to spot ailments, spot issues, spot physiological problems. But actually, the important bit from his sort of research, he, he says himself, was when he went onto the wards and into the hospitals himself and he saw it firsthand. Mm. So when he went into the hospitals, he found out that 80 percent of children in this particular hospital in the States were having to have sedation to go into an MRI machine because they found it really traumatic. And despite all the advances he's made and all the um, sort of impact he'd made on the medical community through helping to invent the MRI machine, he was devastated, wasn't he? And he, he talks about how knowing that he was in on the ground floor and looking at that made him completely reimagine what it is that he needs to work on. So rather than working on the specifics of the machine, he actually stepped back and spoke to a lot of pediatricians and a lot of children and he created a sort of immersive experience around MRIs. He created a pirate ship. So the MRI machine was decorated. It was a game oh. about trying to keep as still as you could so the pirates didn't see you. He trained the nurses that were on the MRI machine that were trained by teachers 
to create that hook and create that opportunity for kids to actually immerse themselves in this experience and really enjoy it. And it just made me think there, the, the impact of that, by the way, was that the um, sedation rate went down to as low as 10% of children, one in 10 rather than eight out of 10, which is an incredible sort of feat. But he would have yeah. never done that had he not taken the time to, gone, to go down at the sort of working level and better understand yeah. something that he thought was just sort of working, whether it was or not. And I wonder with your last comment there about you want to know who they are and how they work. Where has the impact been for you so far in your first term? What have you learned from those conversations that's allowed you to change how you lead? <laughs> right. Okay. Um, I actually have a perfect example for that because this happened recently. <laughs> Recent as in just yesterday. <laughs> so um, <laughs> so um, so I let's take one teacher for example, so that we have concrete examples here. Um, so this teacher. Uh, is a MAPE major. So here in the Philippines, MAPE is music arts, PE, and health. So um, MAPE major, um, but specifically more on the physical education part of it. So um, I found out that this, knowing him personally and getting to know him on a deeper level, on a personal, more personal level, uh, well, personal and professionally, um, that he was a, was an athlete full scholar from high school until the university. So um, I got to know that. And apparently this teacher, um, he, well, when he mentioned it to me, he was um, having this uh, family issues, of course. So parents separated, all that. And then sports is the one that sort of saved him. So um, I think with that, um, getting to know that aspect of him, I started to build on him in terms of um, his volunteer to coaching, his volunteer to to organizing events. So um, there was a, a situation here in school wherein um, we had a secretary uh, for the first time, <laughs> and then um, but then the secretary had to leave for personal matters, so family matters. Um, so there was an open slot. Now, getting to know this teacher with and and like his the possible potential of this teacher, I requested um, to the board, of course, if um, we can move him to be, you know, an extracurricular coordinator, not just for sports, but for you no know, anything extracurricular like clubs, be it arts, be it um, math sci or math sci clubs. We have that um, music club and all that. But of course, knowing that um, his forte is is more in sports. We built on that one. So um, there were a few um, questions here and there, but eventually um, I was able to try to, I was able to convince the board of, of this position. So he's currently our um, extracurricular coordinator and he just bloomed in a span of one month. Um, we were able to create a baseball team. Um, this is the first um, in this school. Um, and the baseball team after a month of training, they won. <laughs> I mean, second runner up, but still they won. The exposure for the kid was there. I mean, it's there, right? Um, the exposure, yeah, yeah. the feeling, you know, all that. And now I also, I, I mentioned earlier that this happened just yesterday. Actually, the kids are in Sagada. 
right now, Mount Sagada Mountain Province. And that's also first also for this school. Um, Sagada Mountain Province, I'm not sure if you're familiar with them, but you know, with the hanging coffins and everything, it's very cold there. <laughs> but um, it's it's a really nice place here in the Philippines. But um, we got invited because we won. <laughs> um, and yeah, so they were here. Uh, the kids slept here in school um, because their trip was 2 a.m. So I let them sleep in the classrooms. They left at 2 a.m. So yeah, so I think getting to know this teacher per, on a personal level and getting to know their background, um, getting to know their strengths and weaknesses um, and creating, <laughs> using that to, to build on them so that they can build on the school. Yeah. So I think I'm more of that type of um, person who would um, invest in in people, invest in in our teachers, so that eventually, you know, they will give back to the students. Because if I take care of the teachers and staff, the teachers and staff will take care of our students. So I, I, I think I'm wondering. Sorry to, to come in. I'm wondering if that's because you've basically done every role in school, like from being support staff and now being into leadership, is that giving you that greater empathy to go and spend time with people rather than just someone who's just gone, right, because gone into teaching, they've got no experience in, uh, in employment out there, you've, you've done a role that's as a support staff and then you've built your way up there and you've built systems and now you've gone into a leadership role. Is that has that been created through those experiences, do you think? <laughs> Definitely. Um I was able to feel that once when I was a support staff, when I was, you know, um, a teacher back then. Um, I was able to experience both the positive and negative side of, of those um, things, like positive in terms of, yes, um, the my, my, my manager or my line, yeah, my line manager helped me, um, helped me bloom. And then I've, I've also experienced um, having um, like a coordinator or a line manager who is more of like, just just pure work so i put myself in that situation and you know built myself from there or or built this sort of community from there um you know that's i think um that example um with with a teacher is just one um on a more general scale um of course <laughs> the school doesn't have budget for like acquaintance parties and you know um just get together parties or or quarterly um, get-togethers. Um, so what I did was at the very beginning of the school year, um, just I think a week before the school started, we started July. So a week before the school started, um, we had an acquaintance party, but knowing that we didn't have any budget, of course, we had to go back to our resourcefulness and creativity. And um, it was more of a potluck. Potluck acquaintance party. So, you know, bring your food. And it's just, of course, yeah. Um, so, you know, it's like. Just, ex just explain to it, just, just, for the sake, just for the sake of painting a picture. What is a potluck acquaintance party? Oh, it's goodness. Oh, okay. All right. So, potluck. Generation game, all at once. <laughs> okay. So, a potluck Christmas party is basically just, you know, if you're coming, just bring food. You bring food. So that's the food potluck side of it, yeah? Yes, that's the potluck side bring of it. Bring your own food, got it. Yeah, bring your own food or food, something, you know, food to share. So, um, yeah, 
um, that's the general side of, of, of sort of building that community using <laughs> using creativity and resourcefulness because we don't have a budget, right? We don't have anything. So, but I but I wanted this, and I know I know for sure that it'll help with our relationships, with our camaraderie. You know, fostering connections with employees and this whole camaraderie, and and you know, it's focused on building their morale, their competencies. Um, and yeah, so <laughs> that's what I've been trying to do here. <laughs> and, and you sort of get that. You're emotionally intelligent and you understand that connection and that sort of ground level stuff is important. And and probably just going back a step, Alan alluded to it earlier. You've done a lot of jobs in school. You talked earlier about um, marketing and networking experience. You're a, you've been an academic throughout most of your adulthood with doing your master's, et cetera. And um, you were a teacher within a, a, the Filipino system. And then you came to <clears throat> to Manila to where we were working and um, and you did a number of administrative and operations jobs and ended up leading aspects of those before now you've gone into school leadership that sort of amalgamates both those things. Um, yes. we, we've mentioned it before on the podcast. There's a book called Range that David mm-hmm. Epstein um, writes and it, and it talks in, in re- a really crude manner about there's people in organizations that are frogs and birds. The frogs are the people down on the on the floor, um, amongst the grass, trying to work out what looks right, what doesn't, and making their way right at a ground level. And there are birds that see what's coming next, what the overview is, where the direction is, and, and what the dangers are approaching. How are you starting to find that balance between the two? Because undoubtedly, you have that opportunity to to use both, and you've got both in your experience. How are you finding that so far? Oh, um well honestly I'm just taking it a day at a time (laughs) (laughs) um with with because you know um it was really fast with with everything like imagine um we all met how many years ago now we're here um so um I think one thing that I've learned through this journey is just to take things step at a time I am and I was not like this before. And you know that <laughs> I like things like um, just, just organized ahead of time a week before, like, you know, that um, when you gave me this deadline, I had to do it a week before. So, you know, you know me in that sense, but, um, but yeah. Well, that, it's, I'll just come into that, Nicholas. So how, how have you dealt with the unpredictable nature <laughs> compared to, Having all the ducks lined in a row, like we know that you like it, because that's the difference, isn't it? We we talk about this. We were walking the dogs yesterday, and we said how every every hour and day is just so different. The task you can go from having a conversation with a parent to then teaching a class to then dealing with a difficult situation. How do you deal with that un- unpredictableness? Unpredictability. Is uh, unpredictableness a word? I, I reckon know. it is. I'm having it. <laughs> well, a quick answer would be I eat it out. You <laughs> have <laughs> 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 my frustrations. No, um, uh, I go back to what I'm doing here. I think that keeps me grounded. Um, yeah. What am I doing here? Um, you know, uh, do I want this? Yes, I do. I've wanted this since I was in high school. I knew from the very beginning that um, I'll be in, edu- in the in the education sector. So um, it all it all boils down to to questioning, like talking to myself, <laughs> uh, 
talking to myself in that sense of of just you know reflecting you know um how do you deal with that how do you deal with that feeling that and we get it all the time of uh, do i deserve to be really here am i actually really here i and and how do i get through well how, how do i yeah. my way through this one then <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, of course, the easy answer is, well, um, of course, uh, I came from a religious family. So I always hear the term, I wouldn't be here if it weren't his plans. Yeah. Um, well, uh, that would be the easy answer to to your question. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. of course, yeah, but of course, you can't just, you know, um, we're curious people. So we 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 always ask that um do i deserve to be here do i what am i doing here um is this the right uh like position and and course for me you know all those things um and then i take a sec- step back that's how i deal with it okay. um i take a step back and just sort of appreciate my journey um appreciate the people i met um appreciate like basically everything that happened um because like when you when you take a step back and 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 you realize these things you know at times yes you feel better but at times you're still there you struggle so you know um i uh, put it aside and then you know tomorrow's maybe like another day tomorrow i might be feeling better so yeah, it's more of like just also prioritizing myself and on to be able to... And on, on this idea of reflecting, just maybe sort of really um, crudely, how how on earth do you find the time to do that? You're in <laughs> a big school, you've got all these staff as your responsibility, you're, you're brand new into this. You know, yes. isn't something you've been doing for years and years. You've got a young daughter and, a, and an older daughter. You've got a husband at home. Yes. How, how do you how do you manage your time and make sure that everybody's getting an equal slice of the pie? Yeah. Um, so uh, I just okay. So thing is, like the the that feeling or that when you question yourself, it it doesn't happen just at night, right? It happens like when you're working. It doesn't choose um a time so it can be first thing in the morning it could be lunchtime it could be like just whenever so um when i'm when i feel that during my um when i when i have my set my my set work or my my workload in that specific day um honestly i i try to finish it but if i can't then i have to pause i walk around the school i see the kids i see the students learning enjoying then I'm back. Um, another thing is like, uh, what, another thing that I do is I spend time with family. Of course, I spend time with family. I spend time with my friends. I keep in touch with, you know, with my friends. Um, and that helps having or also prioritizing, prioritizing yourself or having that, that small amount of time for yourself, I think is very important when it comes to, you know, dealing with all these things. Um, mainly because if you don't take care of yourself, then you're going to go insane. And if that happens, what's going to happen to the school? What's going to happen to my teachers? What's going to happen to my students? Um, so yeah, uh, the, the immediate thing that I do 
is I walk. Um, I walk around the building if I feel it like midday. Um, and then I see, you know, um, I, I sort of like force myself to appreciate what's in front of me. Um, force myself to appreciate that. Look, you're in a good place. You're, you have your family, you have your friends, you, you have a good set of teachers. So yeah. And then you go back, you go there. It's interesting. It's quite topical. I don't know if you've seen the news, Jacinda Ardern from New Zealand, she's stepped down, hasn't she? You see the news today about that? No. Um, and she, it was about burnout and recognizing burnout. Now, we, we, we've had experiences where we're extremely tired or when you, you're in a situation where there's stress and anxiety and, and, and that tends to happen. She's, this is the prime minister of New Zealand who's really who's held her hand up and said, I'm burnt out. I'm done. And she's <laughs> held up there as a, as a strong female leader. And as that, how, how has gender been a part in, in your role there? There's so many good female leaders in the Philippines. Yeah. And, How's the staff taken to having a female leader there, someone as strong as you? <laughs> um, well, first, I think I was very blessed because the principal before me, who just retired, is a female. <laughs> so you're following so we on. Have that. Yes, following on. Um, and uh, I'm actually grateful because so far um, I haven't heard or like felt anything like that here in in our community yeah um most of our teachers are women anyway um and we see that uh the male uh teachers in our community they respect us um they respect um the teachers they respect the female teachers um currently i am grateful that it's not an issue here yeah. um there may be like you know, outside the community or maybe outside the school that I haven't heard of because um, it's only been a few months anyway. But um, maybe if I were to answer that question, if I've heard of any issues or, or news about that, well, I will just continue with what I'm doing and then they'll see, right? Um, I, I think I really believe that actions speak louder than words. So you know, just sit tight and let me do my thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm I'm grateful because it hasn't happened to, um, or I haven't felt that here yet. Yeah, it's that 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 strong female leadership is so so powerful in the Philippines, and <laughs> you, you see that the exodus of people coming away from the Philippines to be. So the overseas foreign workers, do, do you see do you see that impact more up in in the north compared to being in the city in in Manila as well? Um, for this one, just no, it it it's been the same so far. It's been the same. Yeah, I mean it's 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 amazing to see how how many how many Filipinos overseas, Nikolai. Can you remember what what's the number? A number? No, sorry. <laughs> it must be millions, isn't yeah, it? Tens of millions. Tens of millions. And, and we see it here in Saudi Arabia how amazing, once again, Filipino community that we have here. What, what's yes. really special about the, the, the Philippines and the Filipino people that maybe could just tell some of our audience that have never been there what's special about <laughs> Well, for one, and I've heard this from, you know, not just the locals, but also 
you know, expats or international or the international um, people who come in and out. We're happy people. We're positive. People. <laughs> we turn things like, you know, if, if we receive this, this news or if we receive something that is not so good, we try to still see the best out of it. Um, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, right? Oh, yeah, <laughs> um, you, yeah, so um, resiliency is another thing. Um, and of course, going back to resourcefulness and yeah. creativity. I think that's because of, you know, our situation here. Like we're in a third world country. We have to do what it takes to survive, to, to still be happy. It brings it full circle, doesn't it? To where we talked about creative leadership, we talked about resourcefulness. That is that is indicative of people in the Philippines and then the happiness and the joy that's there and making the best out of a situation. And they're all really good leadership traits. They are. And and for me, all that comes from community. Yes. You know, and you look back on an ancestral point of view, you know, we we we're born to to live in tribes, large numbers of people. And the more westernized the world has become, the more that's become isolated families that are living in in brick walls that separate themselves from one another. And we could get very philosoph yeah, yeah, philosophical yeah. On, on how far you go with this, but families suddenly become um two parents two children and that's what a standard family is you know it, i i feel that you don't see that in the philippines you see multi-generational households you see families that live close to one another on the same street uh, often next door to each other if they're not um in the same household and you see those yeah. families connecting on a on a spiritual level through their religion but also on a level of ensuring that they're still in contact with one another you know, the 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 constant sort of FaceTime and an update in a family is just a regular thing in the Philippines. You know, if anybody wants yeah. anything, they want data for their phone. <laughs> because data for their phone means that they can stay in contact with their family and their friends, right? And and, that and is the, the more you get to know Filipino families, the more those Sunday afternoons where their family come together and they may go to church in the morning or what have you are really important and those family meetings are important there's obviously a different side to that with family dramas and how that becomes very difficult <laughs> but, but all of that even the drama side of things allows a family to be a lot closer and a lot more yes. tightly knit than maybe we're used to in the western mm -hmm. world and i think that there's no doubt that that has a, a really really strong foundation on which this happiness is built right yes that is right <laughs> that is right you know, you're constantly around people that love and support you and want to help you in one way or another. Um, What's it called? Bayanian. Bayanian. Is that right? Feeling of community. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's it, the term. Alan Grave. Grave. I love it. <laughs> it's it's those principles of living there that we we we're certainly trying to create here of almost that concept of Bayanian of community of developing a culture yeah, and and i think that does come from a strong place and it comes from a, a really good place in the philippines the um yeah the filipino people could yeah. teach a lot a lot about community and how to to look after one another i think all right let's should we wind it down our finishing questions tell us nikolai a highlight of your first oh. term we're going to give you a few um short sharp questions give us your highlight of term one all right. Highlight for term one was, of course, building um, slowly, of course, the, the sports of our school, having from basketball and volleyball only. It's not even like the the team. It's just a club or after school thing that kids play. Building on that one. 
Um, next would be building on the teachers, focusing on the teachers, um, helping them personally and professionally. Um, I was able to also have this app. Um, it's the Baguio Patriotic School app um, on iOS and um, Android. So before it was really old school with like paper and pen or paper and just the computer printed out. But now, you know, the kids and the parents can see their um, their grades online, their, um, their, you know, everything. So even their statement of account, even their, the profile of their kids. So, you know, building, building that or creating that, um, that, that school system from a very old school system to, you know, trying to keep up with the 21st century. So building on that one too. And then, um, you know, just as I mentioned earlier, the fo fostering the connection of, you know, the employee um, and the camaraderie, not just within the administration, but with the teachers and the students. So, but yeah, so far, those are the main points of just the first term. Yeah, Great. just the first term. Right, this this will be a good one. I've changed the wording on this slightly, just to fit in what we've done today. Three people. Oh, go on. You'd Jeez. like to have a potluck acquaintance party with. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That is embarrassing, you know. If I say, okay. <laughs> Give us your three, oh. three top people, dead or alive, whatever you want to, famous, not famous, potluck acquaintance party. Three people. Okay. In history, does this mean, um, can they, are Give they allowed to be alive? Whatever you want, Nikolai, whatever you want. <laughs> Okay, um, I think the first one would be um, Elizabeth Barrett Browning. Um, she is an author um, of my favorite sonnet, um, How Do I Love Thee? Um, and then the second one would be Michael Jackson. Oh. And then, <laughs> and then the third one would be... Uh, I would probably say Jordan. Um, Michael Jordan, not the page three model, right? <laughs> yes, Michael Jordan. Right. So, um, chose the three mainly. What about the third MJ? You've missed the third MJ off there. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I miss MJ. Um, but um, but yeah. So those three, because um, if you've noticed, they are in different aspects of yeah. um. The holistic being of a kid. I took up the education education sector first, but because um there are only three. <laughs> but one is on um literature, and then the other one is on um music and arts, mm. and then the third one is in um sports development. Great. So, what got, food would they bring? This is what <laughs> you just stole my question. <laughs> I, was, I was just gonna ask. So what in your potluck acquaintance party? What's All right. What, what's Elizabeth bringing and what are the MJs bringing? Oh, that, oh, that is a tough one. <laughs> That's actually tougher than the first question. Um, oh, uh, Elizabeth would probably bring um, the drinks, tea. Oh, tea. nice. It's a tea yeah, party. Yeah, tea potluck party. You forgot about the potluck. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Um, what would Jackson mm. bring? What would Michael Jackson bring to a pot? I'm going to tell you in a minute. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I would 
probably see him bring, um, let's say, maybe pastries. Pastries. Okay. Pastries. Yeah. What are we talking? Like this a, is afternoon tea. Like a, a croissant yeah. or a pina chocolate or like a, a Danish. What, what would he be bringing? Ooh. Um, Danish. Oh, <laughs> controversial. What would Jordan bring then now? What's Michael Jordan bringing? Um, Jordan would probably bring um, <laughs> ice cream. <laughs> I was thinking that he's going to bring all the steaks and stuff, but completely down the line. So I, I'm picturing like a little patio, some chat, some bones kind of teacup. Yes. Elizabeth, like rooftop, yeah, like rooftop type, and you know. Michael Jackson's <laughs> getting his Danishes out, and and Michael Jordan scooping the ice cream. Oh, wow. yes. What a party. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, yep. Great. You know, talking, talking, maybe like, you know, of course, talking about the, like the holistic part of the child, not just um, education. Because although like, yes, definitely education is very important. It's one of the like, if not most important, you know, at the end of the day, we have to make sure that when the students step out of your school, it's not just about grades, right? Of course, yeah. And then that's been a, a theme that you've talked through a few times with legacy about helping children when they graduate to be good people, not yeah. just in academia. Um, yeah. Tell us, Nikolai, what, what's the biggest support system that you have? Who do you rely on when things aren't so great? Or what do you rely <laughs> on? Um, well, I rely on my family, of course. Um, my husband, um, Kelly, of course. Um, you know, having um, someone who supports what I do, supports um, like, everything that I, I want to, to achieve in or, or just, just reach, um, having that someone to, to catch you just in case you, you, let's say feel different or you, whenever you feel down or whenever you feel, um, like just, if you don't want to continue anymore, you know, having a partner that supports you in that manner is very important. So I would say it's him. Cool. It's been a good hour, Nikolai. It's been a long time. <laughs> had a good chat. It's, it's always great to great to speak to you and and to hear pearls uh, of wisdom. Where can we find out more about you, Nikolai, and your school? Um. Uh, so my school, the website of the school, uh, which I created, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> so my school, uh, so bagupatriotic.com. Um. It's yeah, it's simple, but you know, you'll get to see the main points there. Um, but yeah, you can also reach me through Instagram and Twitter. Uh, yeah, Nikolai.abc for Instagram. It's been uh, it's been a pleasure to chat to you and to catch up. Um really it was really great. How well you're doing. So congratulations on a first term. I imagine you know, I've just I've just done a first term at a new school. Yeah, um, yeah. Certainly not in a headship. <laughs> Um, and it's been uh, it's been an absolute whirlwind. So to do that as the person in charge deserves huge praise. So well done on finishing your first term. Yeah. I'm sure the school is going to go on to to fantastic things with you in charge. And we'll keep in touch as we go. And we'll uh, we'll chat again next year, eh? On, yeah, on the pod and see how you're getting on. But I I think yeah. Um. So with that, also thank you because like I know you will. You guys were with me uh, previously and. I learned a lot from you guys. I think that's what you forgot to mention too. That um, <laughs> you were, you were like, you were great to me. So thank you for that. Um, like 
uh, like a huge part of like how I manage my team is because of how you managed me. And that was really important. So thank you for that. That's very kind of you. Thanks, Nick. You take care and we'll speak to you again soon. See ya. <laughs> Cheers. Oops. Thank you for listening to Sensemakers, brought to you by the Infinite Learners podcast and backed by Tsunami, the number one ego kit provider for schools worldwide. You can learn more about Tsunami by, by visiting tsunami-sport.com. And if you want to hear more from the Infinite Learners, you can find us on your favourite podcast platform, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Until next time, we'll see you.